This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Today's awesome and inspiring guest is Stephanie Spitz. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, Stephanie, before we start chatting away, do you mind if I read a little bit about you? I want them to know you just a no, little. No, thank you. All right. So here's a bit of your bio. I mean, there's much more because I was reading about you and it's going to be really cool. Stephanie is a yoga educator, inspirational speaker, activist, can't wait to hear about that, and creative leader based in California. Stephanie is currently celebrating the release of her book, which is how we met, Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales, Inspiring You On and Off Your Mat. And by the way, there was so much more here. I was watching and listening about activist, mother, entrepreneur, 40 years of yoga. I'll show you were the former CEO of Spence Communications. Jeez Louise, what's been going on, Stephanie? You've been busy. <laughs> yes, I have been busy pursuing all my passions. You're a busy person, too. You know what that's like. You know what? I feel like, I swear to you, have you ever met anybody recently that said, hey, yeah, I got nothing going on? Yeah, no, no. Everybody's busy. In fact, I have worked very, very hard to simplify my life and yes. craft a very quiet life. I, I say now my life is more like being at a spa. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. You're like being at a spa. Wait a minute. Yeah. Can I come to your house? While yes, house? you can. When I used to publish a health and fitness magazine in Pennsylvania, I would escape and go to a spa to, you know, unwind. And it was my, yeah. my balance to a really crazy career and crazy life and actually toxic life. But while I was at a spot, I kept remember thinking, you know, well, why can't I do this at home? And that was a challenge for everybody that would go away and, and do that. And I have managed to do that now. My life is like being at a spa. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. Have you always been in California? And what were you doing in Pennsylvania? No, I... Um, started off actually in New Orleans. I lived in Texas for a long time. I've lived in the Caribbean and Arizona. Ooh. And yeah, I moved to Pennsylvania. And uh, I talk about this in the book after leaving Houston. And when I got to Pittsburgh, I created a magazine called Health and Fitness. And uh, surprisingly enough, uh, after years of just mind-blowing, cool expansion and success, the only way that I could grow is I had to expand and go statewide. And I was actually the official magazine of the Race for the Cure in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And it was awesome. And I actually distributed for a while at Weston Fitness. Shut up. Shut up. Like, uh, it was, God, it's like 15 years ago now. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it was uh, a, a big, big thing to be statewide. And then what happened is, is I consolidated with all the regional magazines in the country and we created active.com. Yeah. And at the time, the big World Wide web was happening and I saw we were just going to be, 
you know, uh, event management based because we had bought all the rock and roll marathons. And it was just a, a part of my recalibration to get out of all of that. So as I moved out West as part of starting my life over, uh, you know, I, I talk a lot in the book about having the opportunity to go, huh, you know, what am I going to do now? So I actually went back to college. Shut up. And kept thinking, God, I have to be something other than a writer. You know, I have to do something other than writing. But the truth is, is I, I, I have to write. Writing is, yeah. is yeah. just who yeah. I am. And, yeah. uh, you know, the book is inspired by this yoga road trip I took where I recalibrated and redefined my life. And um, so you had an eat, pray, love journey? Very much so. I set off by myself and a... Rebecca, what year did you go back to college? Like, what? What? How old are you? I'm now fifty. I just turned fifty-eight. I was forty-seven at the time. Good for you. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely terrifying. I'll never forget the first day I, I went on to campus. I was living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I went to ASU because it was there. Yep. And I had transferred over a bunch of old uh, hours from when I was like 19 and 20, when I kept trying to go to college and kept failing miserably because I was working three jobs and trying to get my degree. And it just, I ended up getting a really great job at ABC TV and thought, hey, I don't don't need a degree. And you know what? At the time I didn't, but I always felt like such a failure because I didn't have a college degree. So when I had the opportunity to start my life over, I went back to college and I absolutely was terrified the first day. And then once I got there, the kids were all so nice to me and I ended up becoming buddies with all my professors. And Uh yeah, as I ended up taking a lot of women's feminist studies classes, along Uh with English literature, one of my professors challenged me to to start a blog. Uh And I started my yoga blog because it was a subject that I loved and I knew well. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Now, now I'm with you. All right. So now when do you go on your road trip? Well, I'm in Arizona. I have summer break off as a college kid. I had, I had taken classes like in the winter break, but it was the summer and I was like, you know what? On my blog, I love these yoga teachers. I had figured out I needed to totally redefine the people that were around me. We could talk a lot about eliminating toxic people and only surrounding yourself with really great people. I'm passionate about that. And as somebody who ended up being treated during my move out West for PTSD and all forms of trauma and abuse, I was determined. I mean, Sandy, I was just adamant. I was never, ever again going to have to be around people I didn't want to. And I was going to surround myself with healthy people and vibrant people. And yeah. And even if I had to be around people who were awful, I would limit that. So, so they're not going to be your best buds you're hanging out with. Exactly. And also too, you learn over time. And that's the great thing about being older is a, (laughs) you don't have to be friends with everybody. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to like everything you do anyway, so why even try? And more than that, I don't have time now. I have such an urgency in my life of of being of spreading 
you know, the things that I want to do and my art and my words to the people that it resonates with. And then the people that it doesn't, that's okay. I, I yeah. totally like being around people that have different opinions and, and are different, but I knew from, for me to heal and change my life and move on, I had to be around really awesome people. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had been in, around people in the fitness industry because Health and Fitness Magazine, and yeah. I love everybody in the fitness industry, positive, outgoing, outdoorsy. And Open-minded. so, yeah. exactly. So when I set out on this yoga road trip, I really just wanted an adventure. And I thought, well, okay, like, you know, like health and fitness, I'll interview people not really realizing I had a story. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call the teacher up. I'll, you know, I'll find out who it is. I'll come to the studio, practice with him or her. And then if I really like them and they fit my criteria of what I call the real deal, not just a. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Then I'm going to, you know, make new friends. So that was really the initial goal was I wanted an adventure um, I realized for the first time in my life that, you know, I could literally just pick up and go anywhere. I had never had that feeling my whole life in 47 years. Your kids, because you said you're a mother. So where's that fit in? Yeah, that was beforehand. So oh. as okay. part of my exit, my kids did not come out West with me. And I talk a lot about that in the book. So as I started my my life over by myself, I realized, you know, you know, I was lonely. I, I didn't have my business. I wasn't married any longer. I didn't have friends that I had met. And I was really struggling and suffering at the separation of not being around my daughters. Yeah. So uh, I was, I was, I'm sorry. You had two daughters. Two daughters who are now 27 and 25, but at the time they were teenagers and they were yeah. old enough and their school was awesome, but it's, it's much more complicated than in that. And I go into great detail in the book that because of my exit, um, my daughters and I have not been in communication and in that process of being treated for trauma and abuse and the complications around a lifetime of abuse, my daughters have somehow been um, brainwashed. And as a part of trying to deal with and understand not only my family of origin and the abuse surrounding that, but my situation that I left, it never went well after I left. Uh, the book- I mean, that's amazing and just beautiful that you can write about it, you know, with. Such uh, well, I'll be, it, it was, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, yeah. Trying to uh, language around trauma and abuse is very, very complicated. The treatment center that I went to initially uh, when I left was picked out for me by somebody else, but it was actually incredible. The first treatment center I went to, I ended up going to two was called Sierra Tucson and it's in uh, Arizona. And I get there on the ruse that I need help. 
I was told that I needed help. I was addicted to the sleeping pill Ambien. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I show up at this treatment center and they immediately take me out of a meeting where everybody else is addicted to crack and heroin and alcohol and a million different things. And they move me over into the trauma and abuse section of this amazing place where I ended up spending a month of my life and it it changed my life. It took a lot of really wonderful, uh, very special people and and, um, therapists to convince me that I had been abused my whole life and that the time that it's taken me even years after that, the longer that I'm away from it, the more that I can language around. Yeah, absolutely. How complicated abuse and domestic issues are for people that aren't in it. If you yeah. haven't been in it, it's hard yeah. to explain what your children don't talk to you. Well, my children are also two victims of an abusive life that they were born into and I'm, I'm very forthcoming in the book about it, and I, and I hope for other women or men who break their silence around this that we can help other people. So that was really my goal uh, in writing the book. I had to write the book to get my story out so that I could help someone else potentially. But the book initially started, though. You write it, you heal yourself, too. Exactly. But that really wasn't my goal in the beginning. My goal in the beginning was to go on this road trip, to start my life over, to surround myself with amazing people. And very, very quickly, though, once I got on the road, I was like, oh, my God, this is a book. This is a book. And so as I ended up interviewing people, I <laughs> the social media was just starting. So I, I had my blog and I brought a video camera and I would stage people saying, hey, are you that yoga road trip girl? So here I am on YouTube and on my, uh, on my so website funny. with people supposedly citing me up the West Coast of America because I went 4,000 miles. Yeah, that's fun. And, oh, it was so much fun. And I realized that people were super accommodating and fun and easy and these teachers once I asked them, hey, you know, can I videotape this for my blog? Oh, my God, Sandy, like you've found, I'm sure because of your podcast, people were so willing to be authentic and real and raw and yeah. really share their highs and lows. Yeah. And it really is our vulnerability that connects us. And once I started interviewing all these people, I thought, okay, great. This will be like a Uh, a daily words of wisdom from all these yoga teachers. So I initially saw it as a daily something where somebody could either start from the beginning and read it page to page, or they could open up, you know, on a certain day. I even thought maybe it'd be like a calendar, like somebody would be January the, you know, the second. Yeah. 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 But that was just so many people. I ended up actually interviewing four hundred yoga teachers in 40 countries. What's eventually made it into the book is 115 people in 20 countries. So you had some fun, girlfriend. Oh, I have had so much fun. I've done yoga inside, outside, in a lot of languages with a lot of really amazing people because the community of people 
that that I surrounded myself with were just so amazing. And everybody had such a a beautiful story. And along the way, I had to really claim that I had a story to tell as well. Yeah. It's a combination. So how long did it take you to do this journey or how long was the journey? The initial road trip was only months, but the book itself took me 10 years. Oh, yeah, I believe it. I believe and, it. And I like that when I heard you share on another podcast that, you know, people say, oh, you got a book like you just whipped it up yesterday. And you said, no, dude, it was like six years. And then <laughs> I had to go out and find the I mean, it took me a year to get an agent. Yeah. And yeah. People think these things, you know, magically appear. It's like, you know, it's like saying Britney Spears, you know, sang one song and she was Britney Spears. No, I yeah. mean, she started yeah. I saw her sing in Louisiana when she was a little kid. So it's like everything else in life. If you put small steps together daily with purpose and intention, yeah. and I love that yoga is a parallel of, of any kind of daily practice with action. And I like it because it's an action oriented practice. I say yoga is being in the solution, man, your life can become magical. All right, so let's let's back up here. All right, because we got we got a lot of questions for you, Stephanie. All right. right, all right. So let's number one, so you understand. I've always like I am more in the sports. I was a dance major, so that was my major thing. I wasn't in the health and fitness. I was in dance, and then it crossed over. But I've always been fascinated by the mindset, you know, of the spiritual leaders and the gurus, even though. I never could really do the standard yoga. Now yoga's changed throughout the years. You know that. Like from oh, yeah. the United States. I mean, what Very was much it? so. Yeah. When I first started uh almost 40 years ago, the the it was you know, he had a diaper and a turban looking thing and he only yeah. spoke in Sanskrit, but all I knew was you know, I, I I left and I felt great. So yeah. now you're right, there's a lot of hybrids and Different and there's ways. Way there's got to be a yoga for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yoga's for everybody. Anybody yeah. can do yoga. Yeah. But I w- didn't realize it till years, years later. I just thought I didn't have a turnout. They would like try to take my legs and stretch them because I didn't have a turnout for ballet. Oh. I couldn't. I mean, my legs just didn't do it. And years later, when I... I'm not making this up. I had the exact same issue. Like when I tried to take ballet as a kid, they told my mom, you know, oh, try jazz or take her to something else. My legs did not turn out either. But oh, like, really? no, but like braces on your teeth. Yeah. With daily consistency. In fact, if anything, now I'm hype. I'm too flexible. Yoga is about balance. It's about okay. strength and flexibility. And you're right. It's not a religion. But it is a spiritual practice. Yeah, it, it well, and it kept some people don't use it that way. But what I'm telling you is that I like I would go to yoga classes all over and my you know, you put your feet together and my knees would be up by my ears and they'd be like, OK, you're not in tune with your mom. You're not this. And every yoga instructor had a different thing. And I'd come out of there and I'd be in such pain. Oh, I hate hearing that. That's OK. But. What happened is I found out years later when I broke my foot and they had to do all these x-rays on me. They're like, you know, your hips don't go like that. I'm like, what do you mean? They go, you have hip dysplasia. I go, what's that? Oh, wow. The way it's in, it's not like they're like telling me, which I would have, they would have saved me years and years of anguish. They're like, your hips can't go like that. I don't care. 
the way they are in the sockets are tilted so forward. It's going to cause you pain if you go beyond that. So after we're talking just like 20 years ago, I found that out. I'm like, what are you talking about? Maybe not even that 15 years of like, yeah, look at how they are. Like you could stretch a little bit, but if you do, cause every time I would take like a kickboxing, there would be a side kick. I could go front and back, but anytime I do anything, the side, so any, most of the 95% of the yoga poses, I'd be in such severe pain. So then I decided, okay, I still want to do the mindset stuff because I love what it brings. Sure. So try to find different yoga classes. And a lot of them I found were in New York City. And I could go and they weren't all about like, you know, you have to be in this position, but still in all, I would go up to the instructor and I'd say, listen, can I do my own thing? I'm not going to be able to do a lot of it. And then I would just get frustrated because I couldn't do 95% of the class. Now, fast forward, there's a million yogas out there. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And yes. But you I, also just illuminated a huge key going up to the teacher and talking to them. Yeah. yeah. The majority of the people that go to yoga never meet their yoga teacher. I have a whole section in my book about why you need to get to know your teacher. Because like a fitness trainer or like a doctor or like anybody, they are so invested in your wellness and you have to be able to say to them, look, my hip doesn't turn out that way, dude. Don't right. come over and, and find try. a yoga that works for you because there's so yes. many out there. And here's another thing that somebody said to me, and I, I, want, I was going to ask you this question, but I know you know the answer. It's like saying, okay, every spiritual leader you're going to bond with. That's not true. No, and not at all. Instructor, I know because I searched high and low trying to find the yoga that was right for me. They're not all coming from unconditional love just because they're a yoga instructor. No, it's exactly. Not, you know, that stamp. So you have to find the one that suits you. I no, mean, in fact, in fact, not to be too controversial, but in the in the past five years, we've also been confronted as a community of, of yoga you know, leaders with the fact that there was people that even abused their power as a yoga teacher and harm people. So you're yeah. right. You have to be very well, that's careful. In everything. That's in everything. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And also too, I tell people, it's kind of like dating. You have, the sad part is, is it's not like going out for a run. Like you can go out for a run and sure, you could either be a jogger or a marathoner. There's a huge variation between that and that, but yoga is something that meets you wherever you're at. And you're right, with a really good teacher who understands your goals. Because yeah. even though it's a spiritual practice, you could still have goals. Yeah, You could still sit there in silence. And that's a, still an active practice. As long as you're connecting your breath to your movements in a state of presence, you're doing yoga. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that you leave and and causes you pain. In fact, if anything, uh, I, I think it takes people a while to understand that are very fitness oriented anyway. If you're in pain, you're it, it's not yoga. You're doing something wrong. It's you should wrong. you should go to your edge, explore your edge. Yeah, but you should never be in pain after doing yoga. And th because there is so many fitness people that have gone on to be certified as yoga teachers, you have to be careful. People are doing dangerous sequencing. They're doing these wacky poses from seeing crazy circus performers on Instagram. Yep. I mean, you have to take care of yourself and you have to know, and that is a part of the journey. You have to yep. know, hey, I, I'm pushing. I, I actually tore my hamstring 
in yoga in maybe the first 10 years because I really wanted to do uh, uh, the splits. Well, instead yeah. of doing the splits and just being okay with the idea, it was going to take me years to learn how to do a split. And I tore my hamstring, but that was part of what I needed to understand. I was pushing yeah. and that yeah. was my personality. So here's the big takeaway is all those things you're discovering. Like you might've gotten a great gift of going, wow, what I need to do is learn how to stand up for myself and say, Hey, don't touch me. I can't turn that way. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm that, my mom, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It might've been a part of your huge lesson to go, well, as part of my twenties and thirties, I need to know what I don't want to do. Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. It all is all part of it, but let's talk about what kind of yoga do you do? I uh, first started as a Ashtanga practitioner and okay. I have now actually done every style I could find. I still love a real physical practice. I like a flowing practice, but I've had two ACLs done on both of my knees because I used to be a runner. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a total hip replacement and it wasn't because of yoga. It was just a time stamp that I had the day that I was born that my hip, but I actually started yoga because I had a bad back. Okay. So like you finding out that your hips didn't go that way, the reason my legs wouldn't turn out is because I had severe scoliosis and back problems, but nobody had ever found that either until later in life. Gotcha. So, so you're saying I, you practice, you bring a lot of different styles of yoga in? Yes. In fact, now I really use it as a, what do I need today? So one of the things, in fact, if, if you'll allow me before we say goodbye, I'll take somebody through my little morning check-in. I ask myself, wow, what do you need today? So Love that's, it. yeah, that's not only body, mind, and spirit, that's emotionally too. And if I, you know, really need something that I feel like is kind of detoxing, I'll go in a heated room. But And I've tried Bikram and it doesn't totally resonate with me, but I've gone with friends. Yeah. And other times when I was going through hot flashes, I was like, oh my God, I hate that hot room. I'm never, I'm never going to that again. And I would just go to a nice calm yin class and slow it down and challenge myself to just be present. But I always pretty much gravitate to something that flows, but I like it all. I'll go to beach yeah. yoga. I've done yoga on mountaintops. I've gone and done, you know, extreme things. But what I've found is, is the middle way. I mean, I, I think is that kind of resonates with me now is just to find something you can't wait to go to and you leave and you feel great. Yeah. So, well, do you still teach classes weekly or you do workshops now? No, I do workshops now. In fact, I'm teaching uh, this Saturday in LA at the Yoga Expo. And I, I really, really love uh, um, uh, the ability to teach people. But because I've traveled so much, and because I'm moving around so much, I haven't been teaching daily for a couple of years now. Okay. And although I love doing that, I feel like I can serve people better by writing about it instead of, well, instead, of, yeah. instead of teaching somebody another pose. I mean, you could, you could get poses now on YouTube or online. Yeah. And I still say to people, be careful, because even though you could, it's on your phone or an app or on YouTube or Wherever you're getting these online services, you still need a teacher to check in with every once in a while, I think. Absolutely. Because I you could develop really bad habits and hurt yourself. 
Yeah. And not only that, I like it for the inspiration. <laughs> oh, totally. I like the energy of the room. And sometimes, I mean, I've only walked out of a class a couple of times, but I really like the energy of all the people. And yep. it's really funny for me because now I'm like the old lady in class. And I remember the day that I was the, you know, the young 20 year old because I started when I was uh, 19. And I remember in my 20s when I would see the older people and I thought, wow, that's really cool. They're you know, they're old and they can do this. So it's given me the greatest life imaginable. And it's the only thing I've been totally captivated by for almost 40 years. It's been my healthiest lifelong companion. It's given me everything. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't even believe it's been that long. And I can't believe because I feel like in my heart, I'm like 24 and I can move like a 24 year old and I, I could do anything I want. And some people, their mobility is you know, it's not the, on the top of their priorities, but my personality is I, I got to move. I yeah. had a lot of I had a lot of high energy when I was younger, and so those initial really strong practices would really get out all that energy, and I'd settle into a really calm, centered. I mean, physically, studies indicate you know the long term success is grounded in consistency, but you know your spiritual self can be viewed without the context of a dogma or a religion in yoga. And I really tapped into a a higher sense of self that, you know, came pretty quickly. And it's funny too, because emotionally and mentally, I think it is just as big a thing. And I don't, I try and, and, and language pretty mainstream for people. Sure. I can speak in Sanskrit and I can talk philosophy, but I find that most people just want to feel good. Yeah. And even if you, yeah. if you come to yoga, cause you want to lose weight or there's, you know, a hot girl that you want to meet or guy or whatever, that's okay. But what I've found is that everybody who leaves feels good. And I, I can't find anything else that, that feels that way. Like if you go to spinning or if you go to, you know, a hit class or whatever, yeah. People will go, wow, I had a good workout. But when people leave yoga, they smile the rest of their day and they're better parents and they're kind of nice. And I always say, I shouldn't talk to anybody until I go to yoga in the morning. Well, you want to know, it's really funny. I have to tell you this. So I do teach classes that are a little different. So I have my mindset in no matter what class I teach. So even if I'm teaching kettlebells, I think you would like it, Stephanie, or a dance class. I teach everything. Hit class, oh, I would love that. Spin or whatever. I start out every single class for years. There's a word in my in my gyms. You'll see there's a word of the month that we reflect upon. And then we always talk about what's the good news. I will not start class without. Oh, talking. I love that. And, and here you're also practicing mindfulness. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Like mindfulness for me was a separate thing. And that I brought into all my classes in the back door. Of, and well, my, you were you yeah. were cutting edge then when you did that because before good years ago. But for me, it was a matter of I wanted to get to people that wouldn't take yoga. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I want the everyday person who, like my friends who say. I don't have time to meditate, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard or wouldn't take yoga. I want to get the positive mindset in through the back door. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're awesome. I love that about you because most people don't even reach out and try. They just let somebody, you know, flail around. And when you're a true 
like healer and giver and you really want to impact people's life, you really step into your purpose. That's so amazing. Yeah. And what's the weird thing though, is what I'm saying is like you said, how everybody came out of yoga class and feels great and amazing. I found those classes now and I'm telling people they should go look for them. But you also hear on the other end, that's what I'm saying. Don't get discouraged because I was discouraged at first because I felt like they were snooty and judging me when I went. Yeah, I hate that. And and it's just like going to whatever you said, like a church or whatever. Don't, you know, get turned off by something because there are a million places that don't make you feel that way. No, in fact, I told somebody I ended up because... I I didn't want to be like a yoga snob. I ended up even going to a couple of things that were a little even woo-woo for me. I mean, I can can really go out there. But I was at some kind of kirtan, chants, trance, dance thing. And I just realized, you know what? I I must be a little shy, which is so not me. But I just didn't want to dance in a room full of sweaty people. And I found out later on that that was okay. Yeah, because that's, exactly that's right. it's the same thing like that. Whatever was going on at that one workshop that I was at is great for those people. And I've done everything from, you know, uh, like a, a, a whirling dervishy kind of Kundalini awakening thing to oh. just a, a super athletic fitness you know, we like I love there's one woman in L.A. that says, I am not your guru. And it's like she is totally adamant that there isn't going to be any spirituality. So I've seen a little bit of everything. And, and you've got to find the thing that you can't wait to go to. Exactly. And if it's not, then don't do it. But that would be also the same thing about most things, except tennis is, you know, kind of like a tennis and footballs of football and but yoga is all the different colors and shades and variations it's that's but but, but that's what i like about it too there's yeah. so much complexity in it that it's kept me so interested what is one of your favorite or weirdest yogas in what country that you did oh, that one of my best ever funny memories is when i was in paris and uh, I speak a little bit of French, and I feel very, very comfortable in Paris, but I go to a, a class, and it's a very small room, and uh, it was mat to mat, and that's fine, because some people even have space issues. You know that person that always goes in the room and always has to have their spot, and somebody no. comes in to take their spot, and they freak out? No, you so, can't. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty comfortable. I go in there. We lay out our mat. We do the whole class. It's great. And then not being of European birth, you know, people just dropped their clothes and changed right on their mat. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, they're nude right here by me. And this is before nude yoga and all these very progressive things. And I was just like, oh my God, but I'm still laughing about it. I'm still talking about it. It was such a great memory for me because I was like, okay, I am a provincial American. You know, I, I'm a Buddhist. I consider myself pretty progressive. It was awesome for me because it really pushed my boundaries of, oh my God, I'm in another country. It was great. And, and so, don't you love that they're that comfortable with their body? Oh, they are. It's so awesome. We're the ones who were taught to, yeah. you know, cover up. Oh my God. I remember my mom wouldn't even let me wear a bikini in the 60s. I had that 
awful bikini with like the skirt in yes. front that covered yeah. your stomach. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was taught that my body was shameful. I, I remember even, uh, I was pregnant before Demi Moore came out on the cover showing her pregnant belly. I wore the big, ugly, you know, bathing suit that covered you. We tried to cover up being pregnant. Yeah. I love how women are really, really expanding our ideas of, um, what you should be proud of. And although I'm not in the free the nipple crowd as a, as an older person now, I just love it that women are breastfeeding in public and things that before we were taught was awful. So anyway, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah, we've come a long way. Even on days that it doesn't seem like it, we have come along the way as, as we're getting ready to March in the next women's March. Yeah. So you this. what does that mean to you? Well, because of my, um, recalibration of my life and finding out as a woman the things that I had bought into about what it meant to be a woman and a mother and all the ways that I had diminished my value as a woman because I thought that if I wasn't putting everybody ahead of me um, that I was a, a quote-unquote bad mother yeah and but what I found is because I did put everybody in front of me I diminished my value and I manifested a situation where I was irrelevant. And so now it's, it's a really been a huge passion of mine to go and figure out for myself and for the next generation of women how I can help um, uncover these old, outdated ideas about what motherhood is and about, you know, being a career mother and um, what role men can also play in being a part of their family in a way that, you know, gives them great joy too, where it's just not uh, the 1950s anymore where a woman does everything and also is supposed to look good and have a career and take care of everybody. I can't believe we're still talking about pay equality in 2019, but we are. So I, uh, I will support any group as I have. I fought years and years ago for title nine and, you know, oh my God, I was a member of now when nobody knew what that was and Planned Parenthood and all that stuff. But now I'm just very vocal about it and I go and speak about it. And yeah, I really think we need to do more. I keep telling all the young women that I can get to, you know, how to take charge of their own financial uh, life and their own values and dreams and goals and how important it is to put yourself in the middle of your pie of life so that you can then go out and better take care of your family and your kids and yourself should be first where that's still a radical idea. I mean, we say it, but we don't do it. Well, you know, it also, it's just years and years of, you know, believing the other way. So it just, you know, takes time. But I like what you said because it does start, you know, with the younger generations. I mean, we, I always love talking to my peers, but what I really, really enjoy doing is getting to the younger kids, like you said, because you I can, agree. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, when you see that there's uh, more women than men becoming attorneys and doctors and, and whatever, but yet when they get out there, the numbers completely flip flop. And I mean, we're still society is still sending us mixed messages. Not, I, I see positive things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But society is still sending mixed message yeah. about our value. And I am more valuable than my looks. And I really worked 
really, really hard to, um, in fact, if anything, I dumbed down when I was younger and I made sure and, and look bad on occasions to be taken seriously. And that's crazy. So I think it's like everything else. I need, think we need to step in, step into our divine, you know, woman and, and, and beautiful female selves. But I really feel like Sandy, it's a bigger issue about, do we value ourselves? Do we support other women? Yeah. Do we, do we value I motherhood? I mean, is motherhood something that, you know, we could eventually get paid for because in America, we tend to value getting paid for something. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy idea that I've always had that, you know, people go out into the working world and make money. And in America, that's something we really hold dear. But yet, because you're not paid as a mother, it's what, an honor? I, it's, it's really crazy to think that um, we do not value womanhood, being a mother. And people can say, oh, I do, and my mom's the best. And, but I think in society as a whole, women are still valued for how they can help somebody else, how they can help somebody else create their dreams. And I think we need to focus more on what we want, what we desire, what we hope for. And we're community builders. We will certainly, and it's been proven, if you give a woman money, she builds a community and she helps other people. So even though our DNA tells us that we need to help other people, we could do both. And that's what's really cool. I and think you know we can what? do it all. I, we can. And I do believe that I love that you're doing that because I think it's exactly what you said. Logically, we know it. But the message hasn't been long enough, Stephanie. So you just keep more and more women and men supporting that and we'll get there. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I'm not I'm never, never uh, undaunted in my quest to see, you know, equality, a true, real equality. And I hope to see it in my lifetime. I really do. And I and I believe it. it's possible. No, you will. All right. Well, listen, I could talk to you forever because you're right. We are very much like minded. But I want to make sure before we go, you said you were going to go through a morning practice. Yeah, I, yeah, I would love to take you through just a five minute thing that anybody can do that will radically change your life. Cool. Let's do it. Get up in the morning or right now while you're listening and just write down four letters. So you sit, takes five minutes and write down on the left hand side of your page, B, I, E, S, S. Okay. So the first thing you're going to say to yourself is check in with B. That's your body. Yep. So... As I check in with my body, I say to myself, so how do you feel? Not, how are you? How are you is an assessment. So when you say, you know, when I get up in the morning and I say to my partner, how are you? They just go, okay, good. Or, you know, or I didn't sleep so well or whatever. But if you say, how do you feel? Then you have to define it. So that's the first thing you say to yourself. So I, you might just say, well, I'm really you know, I'm feeling anxious or I'm exhausted or, you know what? I'm feeling vibrant. Okay. I'm feeling super or whatever. But then I also still ask myself, what do you need today? So there's the two steps. It's pretty simple. Okay. You say, how do you feel? 
And then you ask yourself, what do you need? So today, for instance, I, you know, I was cold. Well, what do I need? My go-to is usually say I go to yoga, but it may be just a warm bath. Okay, gotcha. Next one, eyes intellectually. So see how this is kind of body, mind, and spirit? Yep. So intellectually, which you could say is mind, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm a little anxious about, you know, talking to Sandy and being a good guest. What do you need? Just breathe, calm down. Five minutes before you go on, close your eyes and tell yourself you're awesome. That was easy. Right. Next one, emotionally. This one is the step I think people usually miss. So if I'm doing body, mind, and spirit, and I go to a yoga class, I'm doing the physical thing. And then at the very, very end in Shavasana, I think that's when you're kind of checking in, right? Yeah. So instead, I'm going to say to myself, so Steph, how are you emotionally today? So I'm kind of grounded in my own sense of self, but I really think this is even almost like an inner child or just a, hey, you know, how's that Stephanie who you just love and cherish and is like your best BFF? How's she doing today? And sometimes it's awesome. And other times it's like, wow, I'm really scared today. Or I'm so that's where I really try and dip down into the super scary, authentic stuff. But same thing. This is not some scary workshop. This is just, hey, how are you feeling today? And that acknowledgement and that saying, oh, wow, thank you for checking in with me feels so great. And same thing. I ask myself, what do you need today? And last but not least is my spiritual self. And this is the person that I see as like my best sense of self. So it's kind of, I call it my best self. So, you know, I have that day where everything's just clicking and, you know, it's like you just saw that really good movie or there's that sense of, well, I was my best self today. That is who you really are. It's just that when we have this life thing of these highs and low and these life challenges, it's so easy to feel like, well, I'm going to get stuck in that really bad place or that scary place. And I'm never, but your best self, your spiritual self, it's always, always in a place that they need to be. There's a sense of grace and there's a sense of peace there. So I check in with that best self. I may not be feeling like that best self today, but I, same thing. I check in with my spiritual self and I say, How are you feeling today? So there's no right or wrong way to approach this part, but just know that there's something greater than you. There's an energy or a light or, you know, call it God if you want, but it dwells within you. So if you check in with that part of yourself, that you will somehow get an answer back. So say to yourself tomorrow morning when you're by yourself, so best self or spiritual self, how do you feel today? And what do I need to hear? And you will always get an answer. I love that. And And you know what I love about it? Because you're not just saying every single day you're going to wake up pippy skippy. You know what I mean? Like it's more authentic and being honest with really where you are. And that is important. Yeah. And if you feel motivated to journal it down, you can. But sometimes I even do this before I wake up. In the morning, as I'm just kind of coming in and out of like a Saturday or something, and I'm laying there. And if you get down to where you do this every day for five minutes, I can guarantee you every person I've shown this to, and they've all come back to me and said, Stephanie, that totally 
changed my life because what is this? This is self-awareness. So the, the yoga that I've worked so hard on for 40 years has really come down to one thing. It's really just presence and self-awareness. And if you try this B-I-E-S-S every day for a month, it'll totally transform your inner world, which is really what yoga is really promising you. So sure, I could go to yoga. I get the great body. I feel great. My heart's better. I feel like it's like the fountain of youth. I have good energy. I'm nice. Life is great. But if you really want to dive deep and really expand and change your life, try this. Stephanie, I love it. Thank you so much. You've been awesome. We're, we definitely have to stay connected. And oh, thank you so you're gonna, much. You're going to have to get her book. I can't wait because I want to hear about all the other journeys. So don't forget Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales inspiring you on and off your mat. Stephanie. Thank you so much. And if you want to keep up with me, I just relaunched my webpage. It's oh, stephaniespence.com. Subscribe there and that way you'll just get my inspiration. I love it. And we'll have that all written down so that they can track you, girl. Awesome. Thank you, Sandy. So great. I appreciate it. All right. And I love it because this is really a great way to start off the year, isn't it? Awesome. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.